0: Hi there and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Well, we are going to, this morning, continue with what we started last week, which is the church as God's masterpiece. So we're going to finish that message this morning. But before we do, there's something else that I I just want to share as well. And uh, as I was trying to sleep last night, I felt that I could hear the Father's voice calling out. And he was calling out to those who are thinking of leaving the church, those who have left the church. And I heard him say, don't run away. Don't run away. And this might be for people online as well. I heard his voice And it was a cry of his heart saying, don't run away from my church, because when you run away from my church, you're really running away from me. And uh, I could feel that depth of the, the father's heart because he has created his church as a community for us to be together to encourage one another. And there are those who have run away. There are those who may be thinking of running away. And I hear the father's voice saying, don't run away from my church. So I'm just going to let that word sit just as he's given it to me this morning. So just to recap where we started last week, we looked at Ephesians 3, 10 to 19 and how God's big view of his church is seen right throughout the cosmos. And we remember that we said that the church is not an option, it is actually God's masterpiece designed for his purposes. It won't disappear and it won't uh, be defeated and it will fulfil God's purposes as we saw last week. And uh, just to recap a couple of things from last week as well, We acknowledge that humans have weaknesses and therefore at times churches may have fallen short, but I feel like the Lord is encouraging us to leave those things for him to sort out and not let our faith be weakened by these things. The church is not perfect on its own, but this does not mean that God's plan is in any way flawed. It just simply means that humans have failings. But Christ is at work today at all times bringing healing and redemption. Now I don't mean to be insensitive to people who have been hurt by a church when I say that. Simply bringing God's encouragement to us not to allow that to weaken our faith. So Jesus loves his church with a love that is beyond measure. I don't think we can even comprehend the love that he has for his church. It's beyond measure beyond what we can even understand, you know, when we stop and think about it. He died for us. We are his people. We are his church. And, of course, he's coming back for her. He's coming back. We know that. But today we want to move on and just have a look at uh, us as God's household. Then we're going to talk about Holy Spirit because that's where we're going to land today. So we belong to God's household. Ephesians 2.19 tells us that. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, and therefore we belong to God's household. Isn't it great to belong? You actually belong to the household of God. If you feel like you're lonely, if you feel like you've been rejected, if you feel like you're not good enough, those things are not the truth. You belong to the household of God, a royal household, The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, you and I belong to his household. That's a wonderful place to be. That's extraordinary when you think about it. You actually belong. It's not that you're here. You belong here. That's the belong word is really important. So I want you to say to the person next to you, you and I belong to God's household. Say that to someone around. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So in that passage uh, in Ephesians, the church is compared to a city and every believer in Jesus uh, belongs to that city. The church is also compared to a house and every believer in Jesus is one of the family, both a servant of the Lord and a child of God at the same time in God's house. And every person who is seeking to know Jesus is welcomed into the community of his household. Everyone who is seeking is welcomed into God's household and into his community. Ephesians 4.20, sorry not 4.20, Ephesians 2.20, the church is compared to a building and the foundations are the apostles, the prophets, etc. We won't stop on the fivefold ministry this morning. But Christ is the cornerstone as we know the primary foundation and Christ supports the building in his strength as we saw last week. It's in his strength, not ours. So what does God's household look like and who's in God's household? Okay, sons and daughters of God, mothers and fathers in the faith, brothers and sisters, we all relate to each other, a multitude of different people with different backgrounds, different experiences, different life experiences and different giftings because you each have giftings and they are different giftings. We're all joined together through faith in Jesus, growing as disciples who together are following him. So you're also an individual. And I think that God wants to highlight that as well. You are a person that he has created in his image and you have giftings that come from him and they are different giftings and that's the beauty of the church because together we reflect many facets of God. That's the beauty of the church. So many scriptures talk about how we relate to each other and I'm not going to stop on those this morning. Many of them I know you all know. But there's one that I thought stood out, and this is Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. This is what it says. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. What he's saying there, I mean, we we, we good. You know, the, the word elsewhere tells us we do good to everybody, and that's what we're called to do. We're not called to harm But especially those who are the household of faith, I feel what Paul's doing there is is elevating that to our attention so that we are attentive to each other and we do good to each other and of course we don't do harm to each other. And I think that's what Paul is trying to say here. He's not saying you do that at the expense of anyone else. There's no comparative here. It's all truth. It's all true. We do good to all, but we do especially to those who are the household of faith. Now, what that implies is that the household of faith, of course, is bigger than perhaps our own local church. So we belong to something very big. And as we move around, uh, for those who have that opportunity, between different households of faith, you find the same spirit. You find the same acceptance. You find all of those things. And that's the beauty of... ...of Jesus. That's the beauty of his church. So we all need encouragement, of course, and that's you know, what the Lord was doing before... In, ...in bringing encouragement to some people. But of course he encourages us all and we all need that. And one of the ways we do good to each other is to encourage each other. One of the ways we do that, and of course we have our encouragement cards... ...which are down the back. But sometimes we can just speak something to to somebody, a word of encouragement... ...and I feel that he's you know, wanting us to do that... We can speak words of life over one another and as we do that, Holy Spirit moves because we're releasing him as we speak words of life and as we say to someone, this is how I see you and just, you know, you, you see each other and we see the good in each other and it's good to speak that out and to say, well, this is, you know, did you know you, you have this wonderful gift or you have this wonderful way of explaining something or you have this, this um, amazing ability to connect with people or or you have that uh, a lovely, um, sensitive spirit, or you are powerful in God because I see you as a warrior, there's many ways that we can encourage each other, and I feel the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us to release those words. When we're interacting with each other, have a think about it. What is God showing you about that person? What do you see? What can you speak into their lives that encourages them and builds them up? There are many, many giftings. I could talk about so many people in here about the giftings and I could ask Holy Spirit about ones that I may not know as well but the truth is you all are wonderful creations of God you have amazing gifts and together you you can share those gifts and I feel that this is what he's wanting to do and as I said before when we start sharing that we are speaking words of life and when we speak words of life we're releasing the spirit of God to move amongst us we're moving together and we're building each other up and I think that's very important So to be the church, we need each other and we need Holy Spirit. And this is where I want to focus this morning. We need each other and we need Holy Spirit. So God in his wisdom planned for his spirit to be present with the church, to equip and empower us to continue the work of Jesus. And you'd be familiar with this, many of you. John 16 verses 16 and 17 And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Can you imagine what it was like for the disciples when Jesus was going to go back to his Father? They had Jesus with them for three years, teaching them, guiding them, leading them. And then he said he was going. That would be a little bit, hmm, I don't know how I'd feel if I was one of those. And uh, you know who he is, but you would naturally feel that separation. But he said, No, I'm going to send you another helper. I will not leave you alone. I will never leave you alone. And that's the spirit. So Holy Spirit is present with us and he has a purpose for being here, which is what I want to unpack this morning. We haven't spoken about Holy Spirit for quite some time and I feel that the Lord wants to do that this morning. So very quickly, who is he? He's the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. And he can be neglected in today's church and I feel that you know, we know that the Spirit is wanting to move here. We've seen the, the beginnings of that we've seen what's happened towards the end of last year and we know what we're moving into but to do that we need to have a, a um, allow the Holy Spirit to work with us to be amongst us and to allow him to move, to recognise him and be willing to allow him to stir us up, as I said last week. And that's part of what he does. He stirs us up. He stirs up our faith. He stirs up our heart for Jesus. He guides us into truth. He helps us along the way. So here we go. We read of the mind of the Spirit in Romans 8.27. He is a person. He has a mind. The love of the Spirit in Romans 15.30 the will of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 7.2 and the activities of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 7.2. I should have advised you at the beginning to, take, you know, to start taking some notes because there's a lot of scripture this morning but you can go back and look at that for yourself. You can listen to this message again. But remember that he is a person. He is a person. The Holy Spirit moves in response for a hunger for him to move. He responds to the hunger in our hearts. And we respond as he moves. So there's this flow, there's this ebb and flow of Holy Spirit. And we experience that in worship. We we, we hear that. We sense it. Holy Spirit was moving powerfully in worship. Holy Spirit was moving through Kelly as she ministered to us. Holy Spirit is moving and he's wanting us to respond, for our hearts to be open, to be ready to receive him, and what he is saying. First, um, first, he will manifest his presence as he chooses. That's the other thing I want to say. Now, he can manifest his presence in a number of different ways. But he will manifest as he chooses to manifest. And First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. So how can we quench the Spirit? Well, what it means is uh, the language that Paul is using here is like pouring cold water on a fire. We quench a fire by pouring cold water on it. Cold hearts can quench the Spirit of God. It has exactly the same effect. This speaks of the place that we give the Spirit in our own lives. It speaks of allowing the Spirit to stir us up, to cause us to flow with him, We can quench his work in our own lives when our hearts are cold and not open to him, and consequently the lives of others when we displace him in our hearts with other concerns. So he has to be first. God has to be first. His spirit lives within us, has to be first. We can quench him in our own lives when we don't put him first. And that was the heart cry, I think, that Pastor Matt brought before Christmas about putting the things of God first and the kingdom first, that's the Lord speaking, has to come first. We quench the spirit when we put other things first in our hearts. We quench the spirit when we um, place other priorities above the priority of God and above the priority of the things of God in our lives. And we don't want to do that. When this happens, Jesus can be displaced on the throne of our hearts. The Spirit will always keep our eyes on Jesus. When we allow our hearts to be soft and open, the Spirit will do that. When we're attentive to him, he will keep our eyes on Jesus. He will keep our hearts on Jesus. He will do that. But we have to be open to him. I feel that there are five things I sense that are needed for a move of the Spirit, and I'm going to share those five things with you. First of all, when he starts to move, when he starts to manifest or demonstrate his presence, don't stop him and don't shut him down. You can feel like the Spirit's leading you to, to move in a certain way, you know, to, to move, to open up, all of those things. Let him do it. If you feel like dancing, do it. If you feel like waving flags, like Neri does so well down there, that's an expression of the moving of the spirit. Don't shut him down when he starts to move. Let him move. Let him do with you. You know, we we can be so rigid, so constrained that we we can't even move with the spirit. You know, we when we're open, you'll just find there's a relaxation that you have. There's a the, you know just a, that, that sense that he's around you. But when we're all closed up and we're all like this, he can't move. Because we're not letting him do that. Welcome him in your hearts and don't constrain him. Welcome him in your hearts. Don't constrain him. Welcome his presence. Be joyful about his presence. Let him use who he wants to use. And we don't know who he wants to use. He can use anybody he chooses. He can use anybody to bring a word of encouragement to somebody else. All of those things. I won't go into this too deeply this morning, but be prepared. When he starts to move and we find a move of God, we will find God using people unexpectedly. Not to him, but it might be to us. So be prepared. Be prepared for the different. Be prepared for the different because he will use the hearts that are hungry, the hearts that are open And they are the ones that that, uh, he will work with. Not that he's he's, uh, discriminating, but he's simply looking for those that are hungry, those that are open, those who are willing. Submit to his leading and don't try and own what he's doing. It's not ours. Nothing he does belongs to us. It belongs to him. Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus and Jesus is at the centre of everything. One of the reasons Holy Spirit is here on the earth is to keep pointing us to Jesus. So we don't own a thing. We let him own it. We keep our eyes on Jesus at all times. So Holy Spirit empowers the church and we are the church. We all, Many of you are familiar with Acts 2 verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. With one accord. Same heart, same mind, very important. And suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Holy Spirit can move suddenly when he chooses to move and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each one of them. How amazing would that have been? tongues of fire sitting on top of everybody. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How amazing would that have been to have been in that room? Well, we're in this room and we are filled with Holy Spirit in this room. We are filled with Holy Spirit. Now, when you receive Jesus, you receive him by his Spirit. So we all have the Holy Spirit, Jesus by his Spirit when we receive Jesus. But there is a greater measure. And here Jesus is speaking about the greater measure. And I want you to be hungry this morning for the greater measure because not everybody may have had that opportunity. We are going to give opportunities over the next few weeks to lay hands on people and to pray with people, whoever wants that and whoever wants a a greater impartation. And you can never have too much. You can never have hands laid on you too many times for the Holy Spirit to be stirred up within you. So I'm preparing the way here. I'm ploughing some ground here. I'm encouraging you. I'm preparing the way for the Spirit to move. So be ready when the invitation comes. It's the empowerment that comes with the greater measure that's given to advance the kingdom of God and sees God's purposes fulfilled often in supernatural circumstances, often against all obstacles. So we're making time, as I said, over the next few weeks for those who may not have had that opportunity and for those who want a greater measure again to have that stirred up within us. And that's that's the beauty of coming together because we can stir that Holy Spirit within each other, stir up the gifts within each other as well. Oh boy, I'm hungry for that. I want to see that happen. <laughs> All right, let's just touch on seven key workings of Holy Spirit to give him due honour as to who he is. First of all, he transforms our lives. So a masterpiece of God's design is that the life of Jesus in each of us through his Spirit will produce what we know as the fruit of the Spirit. So that's Galatians 5, 22, 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So Holy Spirit does that when we receive Jesus. He's already working to transform us as we uh, change from what we were to who Jesus has called us to be. That's part of what he does. And, of course, it's this fruit in our lives that enables us to be built up by Jesus to fulfil his purposes. It's an essential ingredient, the fruit in our lives for Jesus to use to build us up. He convicts us of sin, John 16, 7 to 11. He convicts our hearts that knowing that we have deep inside of us of what is right and what is wrong. He guides us into truth, John 14, verse 25, 26. So important in the world in which we live that we understand truth and that we let Holy Spirit guide us into what is truth. And I think I said this last week. But in the culture in which we live, it's not new for the church, it's not new for the people of God, but there is so much that we can pick up that can actually shift our belief systems by a degree, then another degree, then another degree. Then we find ourselves believing something that is not of God. But Holy Spirit convicts us and tells us. He said this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. How many have experienced needing to remember something and then find it suddenly comes to you? That's, that's the work of the Spirit. My goodness me, I don't think any of us would function very well without that. He will bring the Word of God to your mind. He will actually quicken uh, your attention to something. He's with us all the time. Of course, we need to, re- you know, to remember the Word of God, we need to read it, don't we? We need to be reading it first so it's deep deposited in our heart. Then the Holy Spirit can quicken our, quicken our hearts to that. He gives discernment. He'll witness to your spirit what is of God and what is not. So practice listening to Holy Spirit, checking with him. Is this of you, Lord, or is this not of you? Practice that. And he counsels. John 14, 16, 17. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, as we said before, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, that he dwells with you and be with you, the ultimate counselor we have in the Spirit of God, in Holy Spirit. He gives us spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. I'm not going to unpack all those this morning, but the spiritual gifts are for each other. They're not something we own. It's not my gift. It's something that he gives us, we give to somebody else. He is the source of inspiration. He inspires us. That's the nature of Holy Spirit. He enables us to see the best about God and the best about another person. That's the Spirit enables us to do that. He gives us the humility to receive from him and the humility to operate in his gifts. And as we said before, there are different gifts and callings. I'm so excited to see those come to fruition here. some, Some have been here and uh, perhaps have not operated for quite a while, but I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. Remember, there's no hierarchy in God's family. Remember that. He can use, and the Holy Spirit can use anybody in any of the gifts of the Spirit when you actually are hungry for them and ask him for them. He helps us edify one another in speech. He helps us to know what to say what not to say and to cover each other in love. That's the work of the Spirit. We're to build one another up and not tear one another down. He empowers us to pray. First Thessalonians chapter five verses sixteen to eighteen. He leads us. Now in Matthew 4 1 we, we see that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In Acts 16, Paul and Barnabas were led by the Spirit. He gives direction he also gently constrains at times for the right timing of God. There are times when he will gently constrain. It's just not happening at the moment or that you just don't feel the freedom to proceed because it's not God's timing. Holy Spirit leads the church as Christ does because they are in complete unity. This is where we start to bring this together a bit. Complete unity, Father, Son and Spirit. So Holy Spirit will do the will of Christ. Holy Spirit does not control. He doesn't demand. He's gentle in his power and he does not cause harm. He will not cause harm. He will never show you something about another person that will cause them harm. Remember that. And this is where the discernment comes in. We need to discern the way God sees and the way Holy Spirit sees and make sure that it is of him. He will never harm someone. He inspires. He will never overpower your free will in any situation. He inspires, he enables because that's the nature of God. So we can be the church that we're called to be, not through our own efforts, but we have Holy Spirit. And this is, what I'm, again, what we're emphasising this morning. We need him. Holy Spirit is passionate about His work and His mission, and He has a purpose, and He will search out those who will respond to Him. As we said before, He's passionate about Jesus. Holy Spirit loves Jesus, loves Jesus. He's passionate about Jesus. He loves Him. He always points to Him. He'll lead up to wor- He will lead us to worship Him. He will reveal the glory of Jesus to us and witness to our hearts who Jesus is. That's what He does. He appoints his overseers. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He is the ultimate overseer of the church, to whom earthly overseers are accountable. That's a big accountability, a big responsibility. But Holy Spirit, again, enables... So as we start to close this morning, I just want to touch on our summer theme, which has been prayer, surrender and worship. And uh, I just want to touch specifically on a few points before we finish. Prayer together is important. Our Sunday morning pre-service prayer is important. It's an opportunity to come together. And I'm going to encourage yet again, make the effort Please be here. Come at 9.30. We might still be rehearsing, still be setting things up. Does not mean we can't pray. And I feel that God is calling us to pray, calling us to come. So those who can be here, make the effort. Be here half an hour earlier and join in our prayer time. A couple of comments about surrender. We know we're not on our own and we've been bought with a price, the body and blood of Jesus Pride wants to own it all, to be successful on our own merits, to point to ourselves and to receive the accolades of men and women. God is not interested in your performance. He's interested in your heart for him. Doesn't mean we don't give him our best, of course, but the motivation of the heart is what he sees. You can be a better you in 2023 by surrendering to him all of the things that we like to hang on to, the things that provide us with a false sense of satisfaction, the things that provide us with a false sense of security, the things that provide us with a false sense of being successful, being accepted, we give all of those things to him. We hand it all over to him in total surrender and I'm going to pray for that in a minute and let him take the place of those things, let him lead. The church is first and foremost a worshipping community, just to touch on worship. And our worship is expressed as we gather together and as we live our daily lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 15 and verse 26 speaks of spirit-inspired praise to God, a song that is in praise to God. God can give you a song while you're worshipping the choruses here. He can give you a song to sing if he does do it do it. If you feel something bubbling up, if you feel a song, if you feel some words, do it. And I I can't say this more strongly. Respond to him. It's okay. He wants you to do that. It's okay. It's the Spirit who leads us in the worship and praise of Jesus. He's led by the Spirit. The worship team here are led by the Spirit. But we are all worshipping together, so he's leading you as well. And I'm encouraging you to respond to him. Holy Spirit fills us as we worship together. When you open your heart and reach out to him, he will touch you and you will know it. You'll feel the refreshing. You'll feel all of those things. That's what he does. Be attentive and see and sense what he is doing. I'll leave it there this morning. But I'm going to pray. Can we do that? I'm going to ask you to stand. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you lead our prayer. And as you lead, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that we would be able to identify those things as you quicken them to us that are in the way. Even things that seem to be good that are in the way. And Lord, as you identify those things, Lord, we choose to surrender them to you. Lord, the things that we own that belong to you. The things that we hold so close to our hearts that actually belong to you. The people that we hold in our hearts above you. The dreams and goals that are in our hearts, Lord, that are positioned above you. You see, when the Lord gives dreams and when he gives goals, he will lead the way to them. Timing is everything in God and I feel it. I'm just going to flow with what he's saying. Timing is everything in God. And he will bring about what he has shown in his time. I feel like he's saying to some people, you haven't missed it. You have not missed it. And I feel like there's there's people who've been running away because they feel like they've missed it. Or they've run away because God hasn't responded in the timing that we might desire. He is God. We are not. So, Lord, we surrender all of these things to you, Lord. We surrender every plan to you. You give us the plans, Lord, and then we surrender it back to you. And you lead us by your spirit into those plans. And we thank you that you have good plans and you have great plans. We thank you for this year, Lord, that our hearts are so expectant of you for this year. Be with each one, Lord. Be with each one of us, Lord, and help us by your Spirit, Lord, to see things through a lens of clarity, Lord. Would you adjust our sight even now, Lord, that we would see clearly, Lord, what you are saying and where you are leading. Lord, that we won't try and do it on our own, Lord, but we're ready and we're willing to flow with you. We thank you. We honour you. We honour the presence of your Spirit in our midst. And Holy Spirit, we are so hungry for you to move, to manifest yourself in a greater way. And Lord, we won't hold back. We won't hold back. We won't hold back. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kelly.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? dear jesus i believe that you are the son of god i believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life i ask you to forgive my sins and be my lord and my savior i open my heart to you today amen if you said yes to jesus today We would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button And subscribe to MCC
0: so you can stay connected. We all need some good news, and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.